Welcome to Bethel Brandon Sunday Message. Please head over to our website, BethelBrandon.ca, to figure out how we can best serve you. I want to talk today about what I call the big lie. Now, it won't surprise you, will it, that, that the Bible says that lying is wrong, that lying is difficult. Scripture is filled with the thought that, that, that lying is something which is harmful to our, our soul. And, and that is true. And, and, and I could probably arrange a really nice talk message on lying. And I don't want to do that. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about lying... You know, a lot of times we don't think of lying as a big sin, do we? We think of it as almost like a secondary sin. And, and, and when we think of that, we also have to realize the fact that lying is one of the, the, the uh, to, to lie is, do not, thou shalt not bear false witness, one of the Ten Commandments. So it has to be pretty intense, doesn't it? And we rationalize our thinking because, well, I know that everybody lies, and, you know, I don't want to lie to make, I want to lie so I don't, I can save people's, Feelings, you know, what a, what a beautiful baby. And you look and you say, I don't know if that's as beautiful baby as I've ever seen in my life. And so I'm just going to say this so that I save people. That's not you? You've never done that? Anything? Or I think the greater good will happen if I, I don't tell truth. And I've come to realize that those people who get in the habit of telling little white lies often become colorblind. Really? It's true. There was a study that was done in 2004 uh, by Temple University a Medical Association. And what they did is they kind of hooked up uh, a number of people to just be able to read brain waves and things like that. And, and what they did is they purposely created a situation where they would lie. And what they found was that when a person would lie, it would require seven areas of the brain to work to create that lie. Whereas if you told the truth, only four areas of the brain would have to work. We have to work harder to lie. And, and we realizing that, that lying affects our hurts and hurts our souls and, and our lives more than we think. But that's for another time, if we could. Or maybe this is just a branch. What I really wanna talk about is the big lie. The lie that Satan has planted in your heart and has rendered you paralyzed and ineffective and wounded. In other words, I don't want to talk about the lies that you have told, but I'd like to talk about the lies that have been told to you. Well, that's not me. Are you sure? I'm on a quest over the summer to pray a prayer that God would allow me to thrive. And I think that that is God's prayer for all of us. And somehow we've gotten the belief in our heart that the only times that I thrive are when things are going well, when the momentum is with me. But scripture has told, been told time and time again and has shown many times through the lives of people in scripture that we can thrive even when the conditions to thrive are not there. To passionately follow Jesus in times where it's not easy to passionately follow Jesus. To shake off the lethargy that throughout people, 
People have thrived in difficult times despite the culture. They live counterculture. And when people thrive despite what the world said or what the religious system said. And so I've, I've kind of been on this journey. And it's kind of reflected in my preaching over the last couple of weeks. I talked like high praise and hard times two weeks ago. Last week I said to stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. And to stand firm in your doctrine. And to stand firm together as a group. And stand firm because we're in a battle. But today I want to talk about the issue of thriving and the fact that I think, I believe, that it's very hard to thrive if we are believing a lie. And the reality is that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to dispel some of the lies that have happened in our lives. Have you ever been lied to? Anyone here? Anyone have children? Something happens when we're lied to. A trust is, is kind of broken and, uh, and just feelings are hurt and trust and anger. There's something that happens inside of me when I'm lied to. But when we take a look at the scriptures, we realize something about Satan. Particularly in the book of John, there are three verses of scripture that tell us about that. The first is in John chapter 8, verse 44. And for those of us who have been in church for any length of time, you've heard these passages of Scripture. And, and John 8, 44 says that he, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning. This, these are Jesus' words. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's not beating around the bush, is he? He's telling it. At the same time, contrary-wise, a couple of verses later, John chapter 14, verses 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am truth. And you combine that also with Jesus back in John chapter 38, 33, says this, I am the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, many people have kind of interpreted that and say, well, you know, it's good to be truthful because in that there is freedom and there is an element of truth to that. But what he is talking about is the fact that Jesus is truth. And the only way that you can find true truth is through Jesus. And so this is just a simple message and it asks one question of you. What is the lie that Satan has told you that God wants to heal you from today? What is the big lie? And if you haven't been lied to by Satan then you can just sit by comfortably while everybody else squirms. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure where you are. But here's the thing. As I have watched my children struggle, and all of us, when you are praying, you pray for your kids, perhaps more than anything else. There's nothing more important to us than our children. And, and the most difficult times that we go through are when our kids are suffering, are going through a difficult time. So as I have observed my children go through difficult times, I have realized that in many of the occasions, it was based on the fact that Satan has whispered some type of a lie into their ears. That they have maintained and they've gone and they have lived their life with a lie that has stuck in there. Then I began to examine my own life a little bit deeper. And I've realized that there have been times in my life where I have been paralyzed and that I have suffered from the lies in my life that I accepted as truth. Don't say that, Pastor. You're perfect. <laughs> yeah, really. No, this is true of me. 
that there were conclusions that I made that were inaccurate, falsehoods and fabrications that I had adopted and incubated into my soul. Deceptions, defamations, denigrations that I have housed as truth and actually held my soul ransom for years by these lies. Can you relate to that? Internal slurs and smears and slanders that were anchors to my faith lying undetected. And that's the problem. They lie undetected. You don't realize their existence. You don't see the damage because you see it as truth. And sometimes what happens is you need other people to call that lie out in you. You see, it's kind of like an undiagnosed cancer. And there's nothing worse than cancer other than undiagnosed cancer. At least if you know you have it, you can do something about it. But it just goes on as a poison in your life, and it just kind of is maintained there. Does that resonate with you? What is the big lie? What is the big lie that the Holy Spirit needs to reveal to me and reveal to you that you have somehow believed that you need to stop believing? So let's stop talking about, let's start talking about my kids. So let's, I haven't forbid that I talk about some of the things that are happening in my heart. You don't have that? It's not funny. Sometimes you get in and you're listening to the message and say, I wish that this person was here. And yet God has you here for some reason for that. And so I have realized as I've taken a look at my kids that they have believed lies. And I believe that they're familiar lies because Satan isn't any special. He just does it time and time again. Lies about their appearance. Lies about their acceptance. He doesn't like me. She doesn't like me. They don't like me. The church doesn't like me. How do you know? Well, that one time that thing was said, that one time, we base everything on that one time. You know how many times I've heard that? Well, there was that one time, and we have held on to that as gospel truth. Things about their body image, things about their sexuality, their identity, their destiny. My parents don't love me, or... My parents don't love me as much as them. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever seen that? And what Satan will do is he will scar our image of our earthly parent so that it will affect our image of our heavenly parent. Lies about their intelligence. Lies about mistakes that they have made. You, you lost that promotion because of sin in your life. You lost that baby because of sin in your life. You lost that friendship because of sin in your life. Your marriage fell apart because of that sin in your life. Be sure your sin will find out that's in the Bible. So it must be true of you. Right? How many times does Satan take the word of God to somehow put some kind of lie and hammer it into our lives when the, when the scripture is taken out of context? What is the big lie? that we need to take a look at. Confusion at pivotal times and vulnerable times. Criticism about things that happened and exaggerated and untrue things that somehow we had believed to be true. What other th things people think about them. What God thinks about them. Incorrect assumptions based on misinformation, half-truths, incorrect deductions from or conclusion. May, if, if, if not, have suffered because of it. We choose to believe um, the, the truth, but the, the big lie has hurt you and continues to hurt you, and you are hoping that somehow today God will take it away. And my prayer is that that will happen. And just because the lie feels true, it doesn't mean that it is true. 
being governed by something, well, it just feels so true. Well, that doesn't mean true. A lie will always be a lie. doesn't matter how long. You may have believed a lie for decades. Well, if I believe it for decades, it'll eventually become true. Well, no, it doesn't. A lie 20 years ago is still a lie today. Is it not? It was just as much of a lie then as it is now. Many times, the lie has been the unnecessary burden that you have carried. It's kind of like the, the thing that we learn uh, in India where they trained elephants. And when the, an elephant is a small baby, they put a spike in the ground and a, and, a, and a rope on it to tie it around the elephant's leg. And the elephant can't pull itself free. And then it grows and grows and gets bigger and bigger. And that, that same spike is in there with the rope. And, and for some reason, that big elephant can just pull that stake out. But we have believed it for so long that it stays. Right? Pastor Mike, you calling me an elephant? No, no, I'm not calling you an elephant. But the fact still remains that these things happen. They spike themselves. And, and here's what the Bible says. The Bible saying, saying that lying is wrong because untruth violates truth. And since Jesus is truth, it is antichrist to lie. And whenever we get caught up in these lies, it not only affects our relationship with Jesus, it affects our relationship with others. And so I ask you again, and it is a simple message. What is the lie? What is the thing that has held you back? What is the thing that has caused you to suffer? What is the thing that has caused you to be ineffective? Well, Satan, it says, was a liar right from the beginning. He says he's the father of lies right from the beginning. And we see that in Scripture. Right at the very first of the Bible. And if you take a look in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, you realize that sin comes into the world as a result of a lie that Satan tells. It's true. And there's a number of things that happen. And we look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, and you will see a number of things, a number of methods that Satan uses to hinder our process. The first thing is that he is actually subtle. It says, now the serpent was more craftier than them. And, and, and many times, the lie doesn't take effect a lot of times unless you don't realize that it's happening. And that's what Satan did. And that's what he did right at the very beginning. The other thing he uses is self-conversation. Right? Eve was talking to the serpent. Which to me indicates that she was kind of talking and Satan was speaking through, through, this, through the, the, the serpent. But in in actuality, it was kind of self-conversation which takes place. When you're talking to an animal, I don't know if it's a conversation. If you have a pet horse, you're sitting down with that pet horse, you say, how are you doing? If he says, I'm fine, how are you? Then maybe you should take a walk to the, the mental hospital, right? Unless it's a dog, right? Hey, dog, where's my hammer? Roof. Okay, yeah, that's right. It's on the roof. That's right. Not really. Self-deliberation. She begins to think things through in her heart based upon the lie. And when all of a sudden you begin to think these things through, you come to a conclusion which is not truth. But because we deliberated it, and because we thought it out, we think it, it is truth. It's kind of all these things that we hear about people says, well, I have my personal truth. Well, what if your personal truth is based on a lie, is based on a half-truth, and what you have might be personal, but it isn't truth. 
It's true. Self-conversation, self-reflection. Also use doubt. He didn't go, God lied to you. He didn't say that. He said, did God actually say that? And many times what will happen is Satan will put a doubt in that will cause you to think for a second, perhaps in the wrong direction. It's a half-truth. It's a twisted truth. And, and what Satan will do oftentimes will get you to question the goodness and the character of God. Isn't that true? God will provide. Will God provide? Will God heal me? Is his word true? Can I really trust him? Is he all powerful? Can he defeat evil? Is he really good? Because if he was, you see, he, he tries to reshape the character of God, the existence of God, the love of God, the kindness of God, the provision of God, the promises of God. It's kind of like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, where he says, we're not ignorant of his devices. We realize that he's trying to get his foot in the door, and Satan has these messages to infiltrate and to infuriate you. But let me ask you again, what is the lie that the Holy Spirit wants to extract from you? You know what's the other thing that it says in the scriptures is in Revelations chapter 12. So we hear about Satan lying in the beginning of the Bible, the first book of the Bible, and we hear of the devil lying again at the end of the Bible. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 10, it basically says this. And he is called the accuser of the brothers and sisters. Accuser of the brethren, for those of you who are still kind of in that King James mode. Accuser of the brethren. Is that not a truer statement than him? To make those accusations into our lives, to make us feel that we are the ones to blame. I know, and I mentioned this a, a few weeks back, and it's worth mentioning again. I just remember a time in my life when, when I was going to visit my mother, and, and I was bringing some friends, and we were going to be staying at her place, and then all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, I get a phone call saying that my, my mother had a heart attack, eventually died. And I remember clearly Thinking in my, in my thoughts, oh, if, if I hadn't put that pressure on my mom, she would still be alive today. And then that lie turned into, you killed your mother. And it lasted for at least a year, a year and a half, till I finally said to my wife, you think it's true? You think that's true that I killed my mom? And she said, you have got to be kidding. And she called out a lie and saved me. That's the thing. Sometimes people have to call out the lie because you see it as truth. And the accusations just become so hard at vulnerable times in our lives that we just, we just kind of say, oh, God, what happened? What is the dark corner or the guilt or the, the dismay that Satan has raised an accusation which is untrue? An exaggeration, a half-truth that Satan will take advantage of when we are weak and when we are vulnerable. Attacking that vulnerable area that we have been creating those self-statements. You will never be. You will always be. It will always be. Things are absolutely untrue. 
things that are there? What is the accusation that kept you from understanding the truth about who you really are and how God really sees you? Do you know your identity in Jesus? Or has Satan lied that away from you? It's time, folks, to dispel the lie. Isn't it true? Don't you see it happen? You see the time that Satan gets in there and somehow it changes the way we feel. It changes the way we look. It changes our activity in God. And I think that it's time to get it out so that we can be more effective for him and to begin to thrive in our faith. Have you ever considered? Have you ever considered the times in the scriptures where Satan lies to people, exaggerating things, making them look bigger than they really are? You just have to think of David and Goliath. Everyone is afraid of this big giant saying all these terrible things. And it was David that was able to say, this is, this is the truth of my God beyond the truth of what I see before me. One of the most incredible passages of Scripture when it talks about this is Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. They're about to go into the promised land. There are scouts that have gone, and they take a look at that, and they say, hey, we can't do this because we are afraid of what we see. You know the acronym for fear is, right? False events appearing real. Believing the lie. And when you stop and consider the statement that is made is we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. Do you realize that one of the main reasons that that particular generation did not get into the promised land was because they were willing to believe a lie? Let me ask you the question. Are there things that are not coming into your life? Is there promises and things that you have available to you that somehow have been lost due to the fact that you have been afraid? That you haven't believed the fact that your God is big enough to help in whatever situation it is? Could it be the same as us? Take a look. A number of times in scriptures. I believe it's Isaiah chapter 21. I have to double check. Where Isaiah talks about... The Leviathan. You ever hear that, 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 that creature called the Leviathan in Scripture? And, and there's much debate as to what the Leviathan is or a spirit of Leviathan and, and all of that. And I don't really want to get into all of that debate. All I know is this. That most of us, if all of us would agree, that if there was a creature that, that, that represented this person, and most people believe that it was, it's like a crocodile, a great big crocodile. And the thing about crocodiles is this is that the way that they destroy their prey is that they get their teeth into them and they twist it. What happens is sometimes we become twisted by the lie that exists in our life. Can I ask a question? Has there been a lie that you've told yourself that maybe tonight, maybe today, the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? Can you give me that lie? Can I reveal the truth to you about it. Because you know what? I'm sick of lies. I'm sick of seeing people suffer. I'm sick of seeing the carnage brought on by lies. And I prayed this week that God would somehow reveal to our hearts and our lives that he is a good God and that we can walk away from this place today free from the lies that Satan has. Do you believe that to be true? That you will discover your identity and that you will discover your identity in God. And you'll no longer believe whatever it is that Satan has somehow planted in your heart 
that has made you miserable and unhappy and unfulfilled and ineffective. There's um, one scripture. One scripture if I could share with you. And this week I was studying it. And I have, you ever have those passages that you, you study it and you always see it in one particular way? And then somehow God kind of opens up your eyes a little bit. In, in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 6, the statement is made, Surely you desire truth in the inmost parts. Now, for those of you who have been kind of uh, uh, in the way and have known this passage of Scripture, that is the passage where, where David is confessing his sin about his sin with Bathsheba, and, and he is repenting. And he is calling out to God, and he is saying all these things. God, you need to forgive me. And, and, that, and out from that comes this thought. Surely you desire truth in the inmost parts. The God, you need self-honesty. And I believe that that is true. But as I take a look at that passage of Scripture, and as I take a look at the carnage that I have seen in the church, I've come to realize that surely you desire truth in the inmost parts extends past the times when we need to be honest about God, about the lies that we tell. But I believe surely truth in the inmost parts also can refer to the times where Satan has been dishonest to us. Because until we have that truth in the inmost parts, then Satan will have a dark corner to wreak havoc in our lives. Is that not true? So my prayer is this. And I don't know um, where you are in terms of your faith. I might be very close to a number of people who are here and still not know some of the lies that have happened and have taken place. And, and maybe as I've spoken and said a few things, you say, that's me. That's God moving. My prayer today is that God will reveal truth and that God will heal truth. Amen? The last thing is this. If you don't know Jesus, you are believing the greatest lie that Satan has. You believe that you don't need God, or you believe that somehow you can get to heaven without God, or you believe that you will be able to get into heaven on the, um, on the, uh, well, the well-lived life or the Christian faith of your parents. But the thing is, is God has no grandkids. God only has kids. Or you might be, you might be thinking, well, you know, even, even though this is the case, I've done more good things than bad things, and, and based upon that, or the goodness of God trumps the, the judgment of God, but the truth of the matter is this. If you don't know Jesus, if you have not asked him into your life, you have believed the lie that says there's some other way that I can get into heaven. And my encouragement to you is this. Don't let a lie of Satan send you to a lost eternity. So God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name as, uh, as Pastor Glenn comes to close us in a, a song. I don't know if every person is here who has, has somehow believed in a lie and has held them back. But I've come to find in my own life that has happened a number of times. Times when I've been vulnerable, times when I have been hurt, times when people have hurt me and I have been inclined to believe the accusation. I've been inclined 
to believe a lie which is absolutely not true. And for some of us, it has laid dormant and it has caused havoc in our lives. And because we haven't realized it was there, we just kept on believing it to be true. Holy Spirit, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will pull those lies out, that God, you will reveal those lies into us. And as we leave them here at the altar, that God, you will begin to renew health in our lives, that we will begin to thrive rather than being held hostage by the lies that Satan has sought to keep us from health. I pray in Jesus' name. As the pastor of this church, God, as I intercede for this congregation, I pray for life. I pray for health. I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that there will be no more suffering from lies. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to move. I pray, Father, that people will leave this place healed this morning in Jesus' name. And for any person who does not know you, who is either watching online or is here in the service today, Lord Jesus, that you will reveal to them, Father, that you died for them and that they come to know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray these things. I ask God that you move. Do something special in the hearts and lives of your people today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please head over to BethelBrandon.ca to listen to our older messages or maybe connect with us and figure out how we can best serve you. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.